0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to the um, Ash Shade Another podcast with myself and Sean. Sean, how's the voice? Uh, it's,
1: it's, it's hit and miss the minute, like as you've heard throughout the day. Um, it was even worse yesterday. I can actually talk today, which is
0: great. Right. Right, just to a bit, Declan. We'll let you introduce your guest tonight.
1: Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, so we have Dart Homan, um, Dart, as you may have been known as, as well to other people, um, MMA fighter, professional now, Dart?
2: Yeah, pro. Where did you yep. sign your pro contract then? How, when? I haven't really signed a contract. I'm just sort of just seeing what fights come up. I'm not signed in anything. So I'm sort of just, just freelance basically at the minute.
1: Are you only allowed to take professional fights on then?
2: Yeah, I'm only take, there's no going back now. Only professional fights. Yeah. The big grey
1: world, the big grey world now. <laughs> oh, never, no. oh, you're moving up the world,
2: all right. You'll
0: be on the UFC soon, we'll see.
2: That's it, that's the plan.
0: <laughs> well, there we go. Um, yeah, so Dar is a local lad. He's grew up in Lurban's whole life. Uh, one of our probably better success stories to come out of the town. Uh, not, not to talk about any of the bad ones, like Neil Lamb. he's one of the dogs. Uh, <laughs> Same <said, laughs> him. Uh, Dar, so first thing we want to ask you is, um, obviously anybody that knows you personally knows that you didn't get off to the best starts in life. Things were a bit no
2: fucking rugby you like, you like the old party like but what, yeah. what, what, what's at some stage. what I got don't we all at some stage <laughs> Aye, that's, that's it. I close. think that's like the fucking the the backdrop of just lurking like you hear but he's just sitting in the pub and fucking talk about oh he could have been a brilliant footballer, he could have been this and he could have been that but we had a little buck fast got ahead of him
0: <laughs> I have my
2: I've knocked away on the head. It was wrecking my head like. I'm mean, the same. I had been off it for a while and then remember the first lockdown it was like the rumours that they were going to stop making it now. Oh so fuck that. up. <laughs> I got a hold of me again for a couple of months. Sure, that's lockdown.
0: Everything got a hold of everybody yeah. during lockdown. It was a fucking shit time. I uh, suppose we could touch on that first. Going by like, your personal trainer as well. That's your yeah. That's your full-time job. It's full-time now, isn't it? Yeah. How did you cope
2: out of the gym for so long? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't good, to be honest. I just was fucking... was drinking a lot, so it was, uh, My whole routine, I just had no routine. And then the same thing with the gym. Like, I've been talking to people all the time and just interacting with people and, and then the gyms got closed and it was just like, fuck, it was just like a big, big void in my life. Like, what the fuck to do, do with myself here? My head's gone, but I sort of tried to keep myself sort of like half fit, but it, I pay long a load of weight, so it I think everybody did. But I just tried it's to... It's it. mean,
1: some of us uh, can't get rid of it as easy as you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but here, after everything opened again, a lot of people to try and sort out, so one the better hang but A couple, no, of, couple, was, of, my,
1: co- couple was, of my relatives, yeah. My
2: relatives too. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just shit time for everyone, like. But especially had oh, okay. anybody that was like sort of big into the gym and even like their whole like social life. But some people, the gym is more than a gym to some people. Like yeah,
1: especially
2: definitely. People, they get interacting with other people and get talking to people. So just get out of the house and get away from all the other bullshit that's going on in your life. So yeah, it was just shit times. So it was especially suppose like you,
0: suppose you were flat out doing your
2: own homework workouts and all, were you? I've tried to do a couple I tried to a couple over this year Zoom, but it just wasn't wasn't for me. So it wasn't. And then uh-huh. a lot of people going down the online coaching road and I looked into it and dabbled in it a bit, but it just it wasn't for me. I like being that interaction with my clients and getting talking to people face to face and getting to know them, and getting to build like a bit of a bit of a bond with them. So sort of. yeah.
1: with with the PT and stuff and with the, like getting your own gym. How did that start for you? Like what, what made you want to go down the route of a PT?
0: Uh, one of our viewers or our listeners actually asked, like what was your inspiration behind the whole MMA thing and maybe getting into the personal training and stuff?
2: Uh, well, i say it's sort of like the two of the things are sort of like different. It's not like I've done the two of them for the same reasons. To be honest, I'll go for the PT one first because it's a bit simpler to answer. I was basically offered to do that 'cause it was on the brew. And I got offered to put through the level two stage of that there for for free because it was on I was on the brew. So I done that there and it got me qualified to be in a fitness instructor. So that means you, you could you like, work in a gym, but yeah. you couldn't like, PT people.
1: Right. And then
2: after a while I was I was working in a gym, I was like taking kickboxing classes and stuff. And then I saved up a wee bit of money and I said, fuck it, I'm going to go do the level three. And then that got me into like PT people rather than just taking like exercise classes and stuff. So I'd say like the two of them sort of go hand in hand. So it was just like the perfect fucking career choice for me. Like,
1: Look, how did you go from um doing your PT courses and, and like being qualified PT to to owning and operating your own sort of facility? Um, so, which is a mix of both, obviously for yourself. You you treat make me. You, me make sure on you give a
0: proper shout out here, like let people know where it is make it
2: gym off your plans off the back of us yes that's good good thinking there so, <laughs> I worked in a couple in a couple of gyms I think I was PTing up and I started in the Bulldogs kickboxing that's when I done my, my level two which qualified me to take classes so I was taking classes up there and then I went and done my level three which made me a PT so it didn't really it only had like punch bags and stuff up there so I wanted a gym that had like weights and treadmills and stuff so I went from there up to the fitness factory in Flush Place. I worked there for a couple of years and built up my client base. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. You took me up there for a while? Yeah, you I was training me for a while. Um, I just built my client base up there. So I was established as, as a PT in the town. But then at the same time, I was starting my MMA career on a train. Uh, I was training in New Era, in Lurgan. It was run by Mickey Doyle at the time. And then I was actually the first person to ever fight out of that gym. So I was, so... Were you actually? Yeah, I was the first person to fight out a lot, Jim.
1: That's mad. Um, now you're now you're the top dog.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, I'm the gaffer now. So, <laughs> but as I said, at this, at the stage where I don't know, Mickey his, he was busy scaffolding and stuff, and then he got he got injured and never really came back from the injury that he got. So I think he just sort of lost interest, and he offered me one day. And see, to be honest, I didn't, I just I turned it down at the start because I didn't think I was up to the job. Um, I just took a bit of a bit of soul searching and took a stab at it and just kind chance chanced it, and here I am now.
1: Have haven't looked back from it.
2: Haven't looked back. No. Nope. Whereabouts is the, you? Hand the belts.
0: That's
1: it. Where <laughs> is the gym located?
2: It's just in Kitchen Hill, in Lurgan. So, do the tack. Where the tack is there? Just yeah. Straight across the road from the tack, you have Liddles. This is a confusion bit because everybody goes into Liddles car park to look for it. You don't go into the yard park. You come on down that hill as if you're going to Hill Street, and then there's a big set of steel gates, um, just right up through those gates at the top of that yard. We're in the wee building up there. It's painted red now, so it's hard to miss. So
1: you've got um, you've got it done up the way you want it now.
2: Done up, yeah, It's
1: pimped out. So aside from that that sort of side of things, then how did you go down the route of MMA? Like, where did that come from? Where did that? Did you
0: have it like an inspiration where you're watching like? I know you, you suppose you were always into your like kickboxing and stuff, but when you were like watching people on TVs or anybody, you were like, I, I could do that like like professionally and stuff.
2: For the to make me make the switch from kickboxing into MMA, it was it definitely have to be like, part of it would have been McGregor, like uh, that's right. just being honest with you. Like I think most people it, it is the case. Like it sounds a bit cliche, but it is what it is. I remember like, one... he's the first Irishman to go in the UFC, like so it's yeah, if it from the kickboxing background and stuff like I, I was like the striking side of martial arts and I've watched GFC and all before and to be honest, because I didn't know what I was watching and I didn't understand the ground game and the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu, I didn't know what I was watching so it didn't really appeal to me and I thought it was it was boring to watch, so, then, so I'd rather just stand and watch people. Bang it out and then McGregor came on the scene he just started fucking cleaning by his left, right and center. <laughs> he did he, alright he's got my, my eyes on the sport too plus at the same time I, I was kickboxing and I was scaffolding at the same time too and Mickey Doyle he was I was actually working for him and he was he'd already established himself as a professional MMA fighter and he was kept talking to me and asking me to, to give it a go and to try it out and I did I went down and tried it out I went up the EFR in Antrim And I remember going up, I think I was confident enough because I'd done kickboxing and I got up (laughs) on my first training session. I must have got strangled about 20 times. (laughs) I went home and I was like, I can't go back to just kickboxing knowing that there's these by 45 minutes up the road that would wipe the floor with me. So I was like, I have to go down, stick at this now.
1: Prove yourself sort of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, basically. that's (laughs) what I can laugh at. see all these fucking dickheads bumping all these like the street and don't have a word really that's it (laughs) that's it you have to be prepared everywhere
0: don't I can laugh at all these dickheads that are coming out of all these all sports thinking they can take on Anyway, like, have you not noticed, like, anytime there's a boxer looking to fight somebody from the MMA, they don't want to get into the
2: cage? No, it's, that's what I was like. It's funny too, like, you're not going to see, you're never going to see Jack Paul get into the cage and have an MMA fight with an MMA fighter. No, he, he get killed. Gets, it won't happen. So like, it won't. There, There's a big Tyrone Woodley, but Tyrone Woodley's not a boxer. I, exactly. He might have, he's got a big knockout overhand, like, if he connects it, but it's hard to land that sort of shot if you're just, if you're watching... And you know, that it's either his right hand coming or his left hand coming. It's sort of, it's would not say easy, but it's a lot easier to avoid. And his two hands, his elbows, his knees, and his feet. And, and trying to take little ground, smash your face in on the ground. Who's so. like? Don't don't get me wrong, Jake Paul. He can they can throw a punch. Like he's not he's not the worst boxer in the world. Like, but if if he came
0: up against like there's Ben Askren as well. He wasn't a yeah. boxer. He's a fucking wrestler. You got emptied. update?
2: Uh, as, or it took a day, I don't really know. Like, uh, that's what I, was, I, was, I, sort of think happened in that fight myself, like, 'cause uh, sort, sort of think Woodley made it take a day. It wasn't well, like. competitive at all. That Ben Askren fight, so
1: it wasn't. Askren was seen backstage, you're laughing, was family, loving life. That was his biggest ever payday. I paid it. I paid him like, why not? Like that, that was his biggest payday, and you think of how long he was in the UFC, and that was his biggest payday going up against a YouTuber, like.
2: But at the same time, he's like very well established in the wrestling community. So he probably doesn't care. Like that's like that's like me going and playing football and getting absolutely hammered. I wouldn't give a fuck, bro, because football, I don't give a fuck about football. Uh. So that's probably the way he's looking at it too. Just go in here, get a few quid, and that's it. Yeah, basically. So
1: there's Adams and your equipment feeling. Ah, uh, it is. Got,
0: <laughs> just just tighten her up here. Yeah. Uh, well you have to fucking
1: test these things out. That's it. Dorsey, with being a professional now. Like yes. w- what's the restrictions on that for you? And like like obviously I'm I'm sure like with the MMA um, and stuff, you can't just go and start fights in the street and stuff. But if you were to start a fight in the street, does that have legal implications being
2: a professional? Uh, I think it does even at an amateur level, like at the end of the day. I'm a martial artist, and I carry myself as a martial artist everywhere I go. I don't be running about starting fights with people or whatever, I'm trying to just keep keep it as respectful as I can. But I think if someone is to hit me, I'm well for my rights to, to hit them back, like. Yeah, no,
1: no, it's just think because <laughs> obviously you hear stories about people like like obviously, professionals over in America and stuff, their fists are actually declared lethal weapons. Yeah, like, well, professional fighters.
2: He sat me down and said that to me, but this I think like. Obviously, like if I was to get into a fight or something, and it was brought up in court. Being a martial artist would stand against me, like so it would. Then again, you've every right to defend yourself. If I was, like, like. was seen to be fixed like, throwing my weight about and taking advantage of that, there it would be it would go bad against you, like in, in the court. Yeah, so it would. Then again, you're entitled
0: to
2: defend yourself as well, like that's very true. Uh, that's true, like I would defend myself, but. Somebody no, came out.
0: Somebody came at you a uh, like, and you fucking put him in a rear neck. It's choking, choke the content. It's probably
2: going to come up in court and say, "I." But yep, he's a professional fighter, like. Travel. so it was, yeah, but listen, I had no problems, and like, say if I was out and somebody was giving a this and that, like, I had no problems just to turn and walk away, like, because I know myself in the my head, like, it would save me a lot of hassle just to just to fuck off out of the road. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's probably best. i And, then, you know, and uh, save him hassle too. So, w- what's the process like? So, talk us back to maybe. When you're amateur What's what's it like Being approached for fights Like what's the process Does like
2: you have a manager Or Your coach, coach Sort of or... looks after everything So he does But then See when I took that gym on I hadn't thought In about two years So I took that gym on And then my brother saying I was sort of doubting myself Yeah I was like Shit Like because Mickey had A couple of belts up in the gym And I was like Fuck I need to get my own belts To put up in here So I was like Fuck it I'm going to go back it, And get a few fights here So I got a few fights. I took two title fights in the space of a month. I won both of them. So I won two titles in a month at amateur, and then that was that. Sort of gave me the confidence to be right. I'm a fucking coach now at a list gym. I, I don't have. I don't feel like I'm imposter syndrome or anything like, so
0: Who who were the title
2: like, So I basically was talking to the promoters myself and promote and organizing the fights myself. Like the promoters already knew them from being on the shows before clown wars they, were, a... they were messaging me looking to know did I have any fighters that could fight such and such and I was thinking I will here I could fucking fight them. you know what I mean I was on with Clown Wars yeah <laughs> yeah I was with Clown Wars and then there's another one Akuma so I won the Clown Wars belt I already h- held it before but I vacated it because I just wasn't active enough and I was I did the child and all and I was away I was working doing all things I wasn't training and wasn't in the right position to give it everything, because there's no fucking about in this game. Nick. if you're not training flat out on giving it everything, there's no point competing. So I had to vacate that belt, and then after about two years, I came back. Um, I got another shot at it, and I won it. And then within the space of two a month, I got another fight again on Akuma for this the same weight category, but their their version of the belt, and I won it too. And then I said, that's right, so "I want to go pro." So, so you've never one. actually lost. Another three years regretting not doing it. If you know what I mean. So you've never
1: actually lost a title fight then, as it stands. Do you think no, you've all yours?
2: I've, I've never lost titles. No.
1: So I'm going, isn't it? Like that's it's yeah. nice, a nice record to have so
2: far. Yeah, it was nice to finish amateur at that in that position and then just step away and vacate my belts and turn, turn pro. How many
1: professional fights have you had then, or was that your first one there the other day? I
2: had two. I made my pro debut two years ago, sorted, but it didn't go to plan. I, I lost it, sorted. I lost it in the first round via rear naked choke. So then lockdown happened, and then that was my career. So I just put on hold, and then I had to carry that loss. And it's usually like, you get beat in a fight, you go get an off fight schedule straight away to try and rectify your loss, where there's two years of me carrying this loss about. And I'd, the fights that were meant to happen throughout lockdown, I went through about three or four training camps, and then just the fights were pulled at the last minute. They were called off. It was COVID or something. I think I got injured for one of them too. And then COVID uh, interfered with another few shows, so I was just down to get fighting against So after them two years and just get my career back onto the tracks that the club. What's so- the step up like and quality? like?
0: Can you notice a straight away?
2: Oh, I Yeah. But at the same time, when I got my first pro fight, I was still... I hadn't I hadn't really moved up the world and now, I train up in Nero now out of Team Torres under Sebastian Torres. I hadn't made that jump yet. So I was talking to the promoters and the promoters were like offer me like a couple of different opponents, like I mean, this guy hasn't got as good a record. This guy's a wee bit badder. This guy has a really good record. And maybe me, BME, I just so, fuck it give me the hardest fight that there is there. And then it just it wasn't the right fight at the right time. I sort of jumped into it. Uh, instead of eating yourself
0: in, like you yeah. just sort of. But then again, it's that's fun. that's how you get your name out there too. This guy's coming straight up from the uh,
2: I, I need to realise I need to get a fucking coach. I need to get a team behind me. It's not so. It's not me making these decisions. Yeah. Cause I'm just a bit of probably like ego too. Like I'm not gonna somebody offers me a fight. Like I'm not gonna say no to it. So I'd rather just my coach organise that all for me now and make take, all the choices.
0: You'll take on the biggest content. <laughs>
2: Just just because it's as sir, like you just, just, just because not just because it won't say no to fighting someone. Uh, probably probably a stupid thing, but it is what it is.
1: So with yourself now in, in the gym with New York, how many people do you have on their fighting sort of, like you being fighting their coach?
2: With, with every well, the gym is packed at the minute with like people. Not everybody that comes into the gym wants to fight too. You have to respect that as well. But you do get a few that want to fight, and the ones that want to fight. With not being able to do anything there over the last two years, there's a few coming. There's Big like Ben McCrory. He fought. He fought last week. So he did. How'd he do? He lost, but it was a very, very good fight and a very good experience for him as well. Like I was proud of him of his performance. He done really well. So he did. He was more of a striker on his opponent. <laughs> Once he got a few digs, he didn't want to know any of it. Like and he just tried to take it to the ground. And he did, he got, he got him to the ground and he was controlling him on the ground, but he wasn't doing any damage. He was just sort of like holding yeah. him against the cage. So he just sort talk, of like... Talk to me about Kieran really. because he came out yeah, of
0: the way. I, I didn't see him as a fighter, like, and then all of a sudden
2: there he's four on the bounce. Kieran was training with me before the lockdown all started. And we was getting ready, I think, we was getting ready for his first fight. And then... I think I actually seen him the day an was born in the hospital. He was only after a fight which was last
0: March, and he was in getting checked out. I think my chair was just born, because I was down getting coffee.
2: Yeah, that's right. He had to go to the hospital one time after one of his fights, because he was dehydrated. Is that what it (laughs) was? Yeah. But, yeah, like, he was training with me, and then lockdown happened, so there was no sort of training happening in my gym in the year, but I was still getting the train up in Newry. There was a select few of us who were getting the train, so... I started bringing Ciarán on because he was the only one really in the gym that I seen was putting the work in that I would have been happy enough to bring up the nursery with me because anybody I bring up there is sort of like a representation of me and my gym. So he was the only one I thought that was worthy enough to bring him up there. And then it's just went from there. So it has. He's a decent so, so like like guy. I got the stream for his fight and a stand watching in my kitchen and I was like, Fuck, that's so why I need to get back at this. Like, see the, the way he's came on in the last few short space of time, it's actually fucking inspired me to get back at it and get stuck into it again. So it has.
1: Have you any plans for any future fights at the moment, or are you just sort of.
2: I'm fighting in four weeks' time here in England, so yeah. Over in England? Yeah, it was just released there on Instagram the day, the promotion released it. I'm not too sure whereabouts in England, but I know I'm fighting in four weeks' time England so yeah, I them with. Is that your first time in England fighting then or? First time fighting out of your country, yeah, so I can't wait. That's what's that's a, going what's, to be? what's the promotion? Yeah. Uh UK UK MMA, i think it is. I'm near sure. I'm not a hundred percent on it. And I, I don't even know whereabouts in England I'm going, I just know I'm going to England to fight. Um, what's going to be your walkout song <laughs> you're going to yeah? England I don't know I usually don't decide until the day before because it changes that much fucking coming up to it like I'll hear a song and then I'll fucking go running and I'll listen to it that many fucking times within a couple of days I'm sick of listening to it <laughs> I'll pick something else that's usually the way it is like and then I usually just fucking pick something that I don't give a fuck about like because at the start you're all like oh I need to pick a song that fucking I don't know expresses the way you feel feeling all <laughs> you think that much in it and this, by the time it comes you just do oh, fucking pick anything it's half the time they fuck it up anyway so you're just walking out to some song that you know you don't even know <laughs> oh that's true I think you should go fucking go full Conor
0: McGregor wrap the tray colour around you and do the million hour walk fucking joke I as well
2: bottles and everything throughout at me so <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to ask you about an M.M. fighter who sort of broke onto the scene now recently Potty Pimlet what do you think of him? what do you make of him?
2: I believe he's He's broke on the UFC there uh recently like but he's been about he's been about a while like. he's, he's a good, good good for the sport like because he brings a lot of a lot of publicity and stuff like the way he carries himself he's funny as fuck wats, like I, yeah.
1: yeah that's, that's what I'm it sort of reminded me of the first time I seen McGregor when the first time I seen him
2: yeah like, I, I, same sort of same sort of personality like
1: same sort of vibes yeah, yeah. I was I was told to bring something up theodore um right uh you, you were apparently your, your record in MMA wasn't great until, until this man came along and joined your gym and exactly. gave you some, some wise words of inspiration Paul. that's what Paul said to say to you it wasn't oh, until he Paul. came along Raffle
2: <laughs> yeah that's and you know, all that's that hit by his inspiration like he was 52 and um, the training I had that man doing it was insane I had him coming in and he was jumping into the class with guys in their 20s and he was, was smoking them <laughs> the guys were standing looking around and I'm thinking what the fuck <laughs> Paul was standing looking around and thinking, what the fuck? I think Paul was walking out idle the place like fucking HEMA. <laughs> is oh. there
0: many young is there many young ones uh that, that are training like like with the aspirations of like taking this on? Like
2: Yeah, you get the ball, like when the first come in, they're all all the talk about is they want they want to fight, they want to fight, they wanna fight. But I have to fucking play the long ball and see how they get on and see who sticks it out, like. What means everybody wants to be a fighter now just give them four weeks training and you don't see half of them again. You know what I mean? Once to start getting hit. <laughs> yeah. It's not even that there it's just once I think once to, like, to see like what what actually goes into it. Like it's not if you want to do well and if, you don't just show up the training three nights a week and that's you you have to be working outside of the gym too. There's so much that goes into it like theres there's no off button like so there's not not if, you, not if you want to do well. So how long does a camp usually last, if you're talking about eight weeks, isn't it? Uh, they say about eight weeks, but that last fight of mine, I didn't even find out about that three weeks before it. And then this fight of only four, only four weeks, so I only found out the other day that I have it. But I think that's actually better because... You're still sort of I in that camp training mode, aren't you? Like, Yeah, I'm sort of like always, always training anyway, so I am, and then you hear a the fight, then you just up it a wee bit and try and get the, the weight down. But I used to be like that. I would have uh, trained for eight weeks. Got myself in shape, and then fought, and then you just fucking hardly done any well train, but just went on the drink and all, just waiting on word of your next fight, and then your next fight came, and then you had another eight weeks to get in shape, and it was just like fucking yo yo diet up and down all the time. Now I just trying to stay in shape all the time, and if something comes, I'm ready to ready to go at it. Now. cause I have missed a few opportunities before where I wouldn't wouldn't have been able to make the waiting time for the fight. What is your weight? My weight, I fight at 61kg. I walk around about 70kg. So, like, obviously obviously, about people cutting weight
1: for a fight and going in and just sort of making weight. What would you be, then, like, going into a fight after the cutting?
2: That fight there, it was a catch weight. It was 63kg, but I actually made 62 before the weigh-ins. And I was going back into the cage, around seven, 70 kilos, so I was. So usually I'm going back into the cage about 70 kilos, even after making 61 kilos. What does that turn around then? Is that just in the space of one day then? Is it like a weight? Yeah, like twenty four 24 hours. You weigh in at a, 11 o'clock, usually in the day before the fight. And then you're fighting maybe about 4 or 5 o'clock the next day.
1: That's mad weight <laughs> gain in that space it, of time, right?
2: When I tell people, they always ask me, hi, honestly. I, I don't want to get into it, like, because... It's complicated. Like. I'm that's sure actually, that's up. actually
0: what I was going to ask you. Cause I watched a few documentaries about the weight cut. Maybe not going into your whole way of doing it, but how hard is it mentally? Like, the yeah. like if you're struggling a couple of hours before weighing and you're like, "Fuck, i have having all four kg to drop here."
2: I think it's the hard, the hardest part. Like fighting isn't fighting is hard, but I think the whole week before when you're making the weight, you don't even think about the fight. Yeah, I'm just thinking about making weight. I don't. I don't sleep the night before the weigh-in because I'm more nervous about making weight than the, the night before the fight. I sleep like a baby. <laughs> that's bad. So, that's properly bad. Like, it really is. <laughs> it's just because it's stressful because you're worrying like, fuck, am I going to be on weight? Am I going to be on weight? But you just have to learn just to trust the process because I do a thing called water loading, right? So I drink loads and loads of water. So my body starts to like go the panic mode and think, that's cunt's trying to fucking drown us. <laughs> so <laughs> Basically. So you'd be pissing like mad. You're up every you're up all night, every hour on the hour, pissing you're standing pissing for about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so like I had to go to bed some nights and I had probably about, about 73 kilo because I drank like 10 or 12 litres of water that day. Jesus. I'm waking up the next morning I'm about 65 kilo. So it's mad. You just need to you just need to trust the process. I'd say it I've won't it, be stressful it's like, as well. I've done, it, I've done it loads of times. It's like I know, I know what I'm doing. So like the experience helps. But like if you're doing it for the first couple of times, you'd be like, fuck, I'm, there's no way I'm going to make this weight. Not. I think the, the most stressful thing about it is
0: you've fucking dedicated your, let's say, for toxic the last eight weeks. And yeah. then if you miss weight, either the fight could be pulled or if you're fighting privately now, it damages
2: your purse as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Just, that's, just make sure you do everything right coming up to the fight. and You not have to worry. Like I'm comfortable enough. one, if I'm a certain weight the week before, I w- I will make the weight. So I will. So just have it all under control. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't advise anyone to try and just leave the whole weight cut the last week. Obviously, you chip a bit off throughout the weight throughout the fight camp as you go, and then you want to be in that ideal. Like say you're comfortable cutting six kilo, you want to be six kilo over the fighting weight the Monday. Before the fight, so that gives you a week to water load and then weight cut whatever whatever you have to cut. You don't want to be trying to cut any more. That's a, a good rule of thumb is ten percent of your body weight. You don't want to be cutting any more than that. There
0: we go. So if anybody's
2: listening, say you're seventy kilo. You don't want to be cutting more than seven kilo. Do to so
0: understand about the whole MMA thing? If boys who say you're saying you're walking about a seventy kg. Yeah. Why, why do people take on fights that they're gonna to have to cut serious weights? Like I'm not just talking about say you like in general you see some of the AFC boys and they're being
2: fucking carried to the scales. Like they're cutting so, ridiculously dangerous weights, like it is mad, but say like right I'm walking about here at seventy kilo. If I to take a fight at seventy kilo, that's lightweight an MMA. I'd be fighting somebody who's cut from maybe eighty two kilo and they're gonna be going back and they're gonna be eighty two kilo on the night in the in the cage, like. Or 80 at, 80 at least, like, high. So you're not really doing it to have an advantage on anyone. You're doing it, so you're not putting yourself at a disadvantage. I think that's a better way to look at it, because every, everybody's doing it.
0: See, I, I
2: wouldn't have a clue. I was sitting there thinking, I was watching. I know. Like, before I done MMA, I was like, I had to walk about with 75, 77 kilo. I'm like, oh, I'm a UFC welterweight. And then you look up <laughs> GSPs, height, and weight, like, I was walking around waiting, you're like, oh, fuck, no, no chance, like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very interesting world to get into, like. I, I want to talk about, some people get a buzz off getting their hit, getting dug. Do you find, like, a buzz somebody digs you, or, like, oh, that's a class? Not really, I
2: don't like getting hit particularly, like. I think something inside me wakes up a wee bit when I do get hit, but I try to avoid getting hit. But I know when I'm getting hit, and shit's hitting the fan, it, I can dig a bit deeper and pull something out of myself. Like. But I don't I don't thrive off getting punched in the face now. Because like. like, you see, there was, who was it, that, that young skyscraper last week
0: on Paddy Members card, got oh. dug and she was shouting in your woman's face, go on, fucking hit me, and all that. I was like, is
2: she fucking <laughs> wired? She's <laughs> fucking wired up. Like, uh, Do you have... Sometimes, like, in, a, the mo- sometimes in the moment that happens, like, but no, okay. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be for like In Spawn and all, I would try to get hit as, like, as little as possible. Maybe on the night it would fight it, like, right, that's fucking have habit, like, but not not, not all the time, like.
0: That's, it's a matter of word, like, and um, what is your inspiration behind it all, like? So, if we're going back to the question that somebody asked, like, who really inspires you? It doesn't have to be somebody in the
2: NMA the game, but. No, it's not really anybody's inspired me. It's. Uh, I've just seen a lot, a few people, like, I've had close friends that have, like, died, like, really young. Mm. And, like, just put things into perspective where, like, fuck, like, you're you're not promised anything. Like, tomorrow's not promised. And, like, I always think back to my younger self. Like, I remember sitting when I was a child and drawing pictures of myself with with a pencil of me being a fucking boxer with my hands raised up in the air. And I just want, that's just... I just want to be what I wanted to be when I grew up, when I was a child, if you know what I mean. And especially having my own wee boy there, I want to give him something something positive to look up to. Really. Sort of.
1: So fighting something you've always wanted to do then, from a young age, you've always wanted yeah, to be an always,
2: an, an... always interested in fighting it. I could start off when I was younger, it would have been Ninja Turtles and fucking Power Rangers, and then Dragon Ball Z and all, and then I remember... <laughs> ATV, they played like rocky every week for like fucking five weeks every Saturday night I was watching them and then after that as I got said I'm going to boxing I think it was about 10 I had a load of boxing fights when I was younger when I was 10 and then i done that It was about 14 15 and then I sort of drifted away from that and then I think it was about 21 I started getting into kickboxing again just basically just because I wanted to lose a bit of weight. I remember I used to live down the flats, straight I remember running up the flats, the stairs one day, and I was being sick all over the place. I like, I need to do on myself here, and I need to sort myself out. So I went up to the Bulldogs, I was just training to lose weight and get fit again, and then we're you. Hi, <laughs> I, I know Yule as well. Run the place, he's a but like, I was only there about a week and he's all doing a fight. <laughs> it's like, oh, Hi, fuck it sign me up. <laughs> I, I remember I'd right, end up having about 10 kickboxing fights after that. I went up there
0: for a while with Ethan Morgan and you know, Dar Martin a couple of times, yes. And I went up for a bit. So it wasn't that long, like, I, I didn't like getting hit like as a pussy, like, and about a year later, I saw you up behind. He goes, you're, you're a fat cunt, guy like, I oh, he no back doors, no, like. he just There's comes no... out with like. No back doors, you know. that's us, I like that about him. See so uh, like, <laughs> like, if you're going to have a coach or somebody's going to pussyfoot about you, like, like even I know when, when you were at the gym, when me and Ganda went up
2: and we were being trained by you, like if we weren't doing it right, we were like, was oh, fucking wise up here, like. Uh, I remember if I was going out at the weekend having the carry or whatever, when I went back and the Bulldogs on Monday, you was able to tell me who I was drinking, what for, I was. <laughs> fucking everything about what I've done all weekend he's all hey fucking uh, A's everywhere A's everywhere he's a fucking MBA,
1: that man <laughs> how hard was that though to leave the sort of like obviously yourself you, you did enjoy a party at one stage like how hard was it to leave that behind like it's more so now I suppose you're you're, you're a professional now and you've, you have to look after yourself a bit more as you say for short notice fights
2: um, it's just the whole mindset now, where before, I don't really run in them circles anymore that like I used to run in, where the, the whole culture was just go on at every chance you get, like, and stay out as long as you can, and drink as much as you can. I just, I don't know, just sort of weighs myself up, because I, that stuff sort of, it gets you into trouble, too, like, because I end up getting in, into fights and stuff, and it just wasn't worth all the, all the hassle, like. Plus, the older you get, the fucking hangovers, knock your bollocks in. So, uh, <laughs> trust me, I know. Oh, I, we I, know. I, I burn any like... now, It depends where you, want, where you want to go. Like, it was just a certain time I had to sit and weigh up. And I like, what's fucking stopping me getting where I want to go? And what's, help, what's helping me? And what's hindering me? And going on the rip every fucking weekend is definitely not helping you, like, especially if you want to achieve anything in sports.
1: Was there any sort of one moment or any sort of particular thing that happened that made you think, right, that's it, that's me knocking that on the head, or was it just the fact that you knew the fact that you're training? Or was I there think
2: anybody... It was I really started to fucking wise myself up when I found out I was having a child. So did like that's when like I hadn't I wasn't working or anything and I found out I was having a child. And the next day I was out looking at work, I started scaffolding, and then that's when I fell in with Mickey Doyle. I was already doing a bit of kickboxing and all with that. I think that's when things got serious. Like I wanted to change my life. And then once I had my first MMF, I just like the support I was getting from everybody in the town. I was like, right, I can either go one road or the other here. Like, I want to pick this is the path I want to go down. Like. So it is. And in years to come,
0: your wee lad, do you want him doing the same thing? Maybe, like, I, I don't know, it may be different for you being his dad. Like, would
2: you not shitting yourself with him one the kids like if he wants to like it's always there for him but at the same time I don't try and like force it on him like he's happy enough he loves Gaelic and he loves Hurling so he's happy enough doing that he comes down to the MMA class now and again but I don't know maybe if, he, if he's older and he shows a bit of interest but he always says he doesn't ever want to he never wants to fight he just wants to train so it's <laughs> up to him
0: uh, that's it um, yeah. oh, I'm
2: trying to something- advise him to stay in school and be a good boy, a good boy. <laughs> uh,
0: there's one thing I do want to talk about um, a time that I thought was very exciting was when you had Ganda fighting we Ganda I was people, not going like, to ask
1: like, yeah. I was not going to ask that one of
0: <laughs> like we never saw that coming and see still to this day God love him we torture him about TJ Massey like any time he opens his mouth we're like fuck up TJ bothered you <laughs>
2: him, no, no shame in that there like that TJ is a fucking bright holding we boxer like I know, but you know what Gander's like? He's a, he's a, he's a light wire.
1: He's a hothead.
0: <laughs> so when he first approached you, was it you told him to get into the boxing, like the actual fighting part, or did he want to do it? He's never actually told me this story,
2: so I I'll get it from you. I think he, uh, I could tell he was like handy on the pods and stuff, but I think I maybe hinted at it, like, um, he was keen on it, so, so why, why not, like? So, it's, uh, yeah, like, I all, oh, 100% facing him, like, because I wouldn't get anybody a fight if I didn't believe that the had what it, took, what it took. And, like, even the shape he, he, was just doing PTs with me, and, like, even the shape he got himself himself into, Take like, arms and, like off. Him on, yeah. on his first before and after picture. And remember, like, uh, Spider-Man, where he goes to bed, and he looks in the glasses, and he's all skinny and all, and he wakes up the next morning, and he's, like, fucking, he's jacked. <laughs> That's what uh, Gander's before and after picture was like. It was like Peter Parker before and after he got bit for the spider. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's one way of putting it, like, but uh, um, he, he was it was very very dedicated. He took it real seriously. Like. He did. That's why he done well. He did do very well. So he did. What was it? He won two fights and then
1: just lost the TJ one, wasn't it? Or was it? I think, it was, he, hadn't, I think he had more. Did he?
0: No, I think was it, was it that uh, Mario? uh your by Pogi's cousin. Uh, I K- Kieran.
2: Aye, uh, Kieran, and then then it goes TJ. TJ after that? Well, there was a third one, sir. It was his third fight. He was fighting for a title there against TJ, who had, well, no so many fights. You know what I mean?
1: But, like, we we loved it. Like, all, like, all, like the, as, as the friendship group, like, we loved going to the fights. Like, he had a big, he had a well, big I support.
2: Had, like His fights were always lit, like, Salor. So he, he did. unreal support at them. But here, never, say never, because he's, he's back training with me, so... Might say we come back out again. Oh, hey,
0: well, I mean, me and him were around the park the other day, and I says to him, He says, You're going to do an off site? He says, oh, but I don't know, I don't know. The kids and all now, what if I get hurt? And all was like, I just, just go for it. Like, he was like, oh, I need to lose his belly first.
2: <laughs> At the end of the
0: day, it's up to him. What do I mean? I know, and again, it's good, lads. So, uh, the whole professional world of MMA is it's if you're talking to somebody who maybe was in the same situation as you, looking at two roads, would you tell them, listen, go for it? Like, not Maybe not fighting, but like the whole training side of things.
2: Yeah, go for it. Because if you don't go for it, you're only going to look back and wonder fucking what if and what could have happened if it went down that road. Or, you know what I mean? So you'd better just go for it and not having any regrets and sitting crying into your pint in fucking 10 years wishing you'd done this, <laughs> done that, you know what I mean? Ah oh, that's true. Um I seen I remember
0: it wasn't that long ago, you went over and trained with Darren Hill for a while, didn't you?
2: Yeah, well I wasn't actually. I was over in the his uh the gym that he trains in, Team Yabon. So I was I wasn't actually really training with him too much, like, but he was there. He's what's like it? fucking this height and out head, so it wasn't too much fucking.
0: what's he like training like? Did you get to have what's a look at him? Like even just
2: the way he trains like He's on the treadmill for maybe half an hour before the training session even starts, and then he's back on the treadmill after. Like, but I think that's maybe because he's cutting a lot of weight. But I then basically don't fuck about over there, like.
1: Is it so? That's what you sort of want to get to, then? Is it that sort of level? Yeah. Definitely.
2: What's the, sure. What What's the What's the process? Is it just just, just fight the, and win as many fights as you can, and then get your name out there. Get your name out there and then try and get on the bigger, the bigger shows. Like you obviously start on the lower level shows and then just build it up, build it up, build it up. And then that's another thing about just stay ready because sometimes the big shows might be in town and somebody pulls out and they need somebody to step in. So that's, if, you're, if you're ratty, you're going to be there.
1: That's what happened to young Reese McKee, wasn't it? He was just happened to be, he said he would take anything on at any notice.
2: Yeah, went- always ready and prepared. So, you know, has, I like, Bell- I like, there's a saying on it is if uh, you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get your hair cut. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I've never heard that one before, that's cracker. Um, have uh, shape and be ready to go whenever the
0: opportunity comes. Is, is that more like if you're looking to like, say, like ballot order knock on the door, do you need like an agent or is it just, is your coach your agent, basically?
2: My coach is basically my manager at the, at the minute. So it is.
0: So does he put your name out there for like other promotions? Yeah, so
2: like he would probably get messages all the time from promoters looking fighters for shows and he'll just message me. Like he just messaged me, the audience says, Fancy going to England in four weeks. And he just explained the details and stuff. And I said, Yeah, no, no problem. Let's go. Let's keep the ball rolling while I'm fit and I'm injured, So come out a lot fight there pretty I was in the gym again on Monday. I fought on the Sunday and I was back in the gym on Monday, Tuesday, and then took Wednesday off and I was back on Thursday on then. Yeah. So with, with like um
1: professional MMA in the UK, obviously everybody knows Bellator. Is there any other sort of big names that you'd like to fight on before you get to that level?
2: Uh just take it take whatever comes at the minute. Like obviously, I would like to get fighting on Bellator, maybe Cage Warriors, at some stage. So would. is They're Cage Warriors probably... the
0: one that McGregor was the champ champion?
2: one he started on that's where he, he he had the first two belts on Cage Warriors so your Cage Warriors on Ballotor aye yeah, they're probably the two biggest ones in UK like
0: also oh, your bike yeah. from Geordie Shore he he done a few fights like he done alright
2: aye uh, he fought in Ballotor didn't
0: he aye uh, yeah. he, he 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 no near killed somebody with a fucking guilty at one point That's yeah. like this fucking dick from Jordy Shore is going to go up and just make a mock of the thing and he, he was decent like.
2: yeah that's it, he was obviously putting, putting the work in there. Yeah,
0: that's, that's all it is. If you're dedicated. That's that's all that matters. So uh what's it like? What what's it like being a dad? What what's your what's your child? What's it what age He's six, so he is. Have you any tips? I know you have a wee lad and I haven't really a wee girl and she's eighteen months, but she's running rings around at the minute.
2: Any tips? No, just go with the flow. Yeah, <laughs> speak with Davo. We'll get him in here. He thinks I'm on the news here. Uh, go on ahead, get him in. What's his... what's his name? hold Odin! Odin, come here. Get him
1: on. Go on ahead.
2: at here? I'll have to brief him on his language before he comes in.
1: I can... He can say what he wants. Don't worry.
2: Here, say hello. Say hi, All right. Say hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <no>. He's froze.
0: <laughs> I can shy. shy
2: here. You're not gonna he... grow up. You're gonna be a fighter too. No, you're no? gonna you, you gonna play for Armour. going gonna play for Armour, aren't you? That's more like it. No, he's gonna draw comics for Marvel. He told me that's even better. That's that's that's, that's,
1: that's what um, I can get behind. I've all my comic figures behind me here.
2: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We'll finish us around soon, right? Mm-hmm. And get more juice, sir. No, I wanna be in TV. i want to be in the TV. Well look more questions, you see. Say bye-bye. Hi everyone.
0: Hello right. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll see myself on you on my on the, news. You see yourself oh, on the news.
1: See yourself on the Oh see yourself the
2: news. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Aye, so as for tips, like, no, no, no real tips for you, Adam, just, just have to go, go, learn,
1: it, like. learn on the job sort of thing, learn on the
2: job, oh uh, no, I do have a tip, actually, if you're going to Scallywags, always bring, like, another child, with you, so you're not in, actually crawling about fucking scallywags doing all that shit because that's oh,
0: I'm sure i you know yourself though has a litter
2: of kids I can just take one Yeah, ah, there you go just grab one then they can go play off <laughs> each other and scallywags. so you don't actually have to get into the place fucking sardine at the wee girl on a two
0: of my she's my head with <laughs> rag you no. see when they're they're
2: out
1: of the house, they're all excited and they're, they're like, I don't want to sleep. And I'm like, you're going to fucking sleep. See so if you wake us all up, you're dead. <laughs> Surely, Darlo, if you're taking a child of Scallywags and it's just him, that's a good idea to sort of help you cut all that running
2: about There. Yeah, that was a funny story. I brought him there at Clastic when I was doing my weight cut for that last night, And I was standing I was like, fuck, I really wish I had energy to get on and do all that shit. Because We're going to go back this week when I'm not like a fucking zombie. <laughs>
1: So, Dart, you fought on fights now with crowds and without crowds, haven't you?
2: Yeah, that one, that one there. There was a very small crowd. I don't. I haven't been in like a fight with no zero crowd at all. <laughs> so I haven't.
1: What's What's the difference, like, though, like from a packed audience to like a, the smaller crowd? Even what's?
2: Yeah, it's not as good. You want the you want the crowd. You want the, the, the place packed. So you do that. So. The one. I thought most it's just the atmosphere—it's just unreal. There's not nothing else really that compares to it, like
1: like that most recent fight. Then did you have many people like there for you, or was it just like generic supporters? Or no,
2: no one really there, just specifically for me. But it was basically it was the gym that I train at. It was like their sort of like club show, basically. Right, right. So it was like home home crowd, but there was fit the uh, there's like. I think it was like 10, ten of us, ten maybe more of fighters out of the same gym fighting in the yard. So it was basically the whole crowd was just fighters out of the same gym. And I was the last one on. So it was like fucking I, no pressure here. Like. The main the main event. Yeah.
1: How how's yeah. that feel? How's it feel, main event uh, an event like that? And
2: or any event you've ever been to? Yeah, I've been a couple of main events, it's good, so it is. It's definitely the the spot that you want, like you wanna be searching for the main event spots, so it is. Because if your big promoters want to come knocking on the door, they're going to be looking
1: at the top of the card, not yeah, be looking at the, at the main event. Yeah. How's that? Like, how's that feel backstage? Obviously, how many fights roughly is on the card that you go and fight on?
2: Would you oh, say? So I think that one. There was maybe like, eighteen fights, maybe. So are Fights you... fight start at one o'clock and then maybe not coming on to like half six. So it's a long day.
1: Like, are you backstage for that whole <clears> time, <throat> or can you go out? Or are you always like?
2: You trying can to like... go out and walk about, and whatever. But I like to say from the first fights on, I'm out the back on my gum shield and my shoes off, Right to go, back and ready to go. So yeah, sitting about just, I don't know just can't sit about, can't sit at pace really, that's moving. So
1: you're so you just getting limbered up, and as you yeah, say, your shadow box like,
2: and getting everything ready. Just right nice long slow warm up, and then get my hands wrapped. And then once I get my hands wrapped, I start hitting pads, and then just, just trace keep moving because like a fight's only 15 minutes I'm used to being in the gym for like fucking maybe two or three hours at a time so moving about for three hours isn't really much So I'm not really exerting myself I'm just sort of getting warm and staying loose it's so short I almost like teasing yourself it's like every time you get going like you're ready to have to hold it back a bit here and then you tease yourself a wee bit more and then by the time the fight comes you're just ready to go Like all, all guns blazing yeah
0: is it do they still do, they do it in the MMS circles as well, even at the lower level fights? Like, if you're getting your hands wrapped, does uh, somebody from the other team come in
2: just to watch? You know, is it all regularly? like? That? from the other team, but there's uh, cut men and officials that check the gloves, but it's not. Nobody from the other team really it checks it, but do you do? You get your hands wrapped, and then you have to go get your hand wraps signed, and then you have to put your gloves on, and you get your gloves taped up, and then you have to bring them to an the unofficial, and they'll sign the tape on the gloves.
0: Jeez, <laughs> that's a, a, well, a, it, it, you can see why they do it like because <laughs> no no they look uh, going to the fight in some content have fucking knuckle dusters under his gloves and have to in <laughs> two seconds.
1: Like see see when you're going down to the ring like no way they do it like obviously UFC and stuff do they do that in all fights so like where they get like the is it vaseline or whatever the hell it is, the rubbing your eyebrows and stuff.
2: Oh that's vaseline. They put vaseline on your eyebrows, on your cheeks, on your chin. That's just to stop you from getting cut. Cause obviously, if you get cut early in a fight, it stopped the fight. Like so, they're gonna do whatever they can to let the fight go on as long as they can.
1: So do they so, do that for every fighter? In between
2: rounds, too, they'll put a bit of vaseline on. The coach, your coaches aren't allowed to actually do it now. It has to be a cut person does it. Cause some guys were taking the piss and rubbing vaseline all over themselves, and then you, you can't get a fucking hold of them. So When it comes, <laughs> to, it comes to the grappling. So like, is that
1: is that every fighter like right down from like the, the like the starters to. Like first-time fighters to the professionals then
2: gets that done. Yeah, it's just like a wee, like a wee protocol to go through before you get in the kids. so sort of like pop you down, make sure you've got your gum shield, your ground yard, and then they'll put a bit of Vaseline on you just to try and stop any cuts that might happen.
0: Uh, before we start wrapping up, what's what's your, what's your, what's your signature move?
2: My signature move—I don't know—it changes from fight to fight. So it does I remember something. you got
0: you got a tattoo. I remember when I was training away, you got a tattoo on your shin. You're like, can't wait to bounce that off somebody's
2: head. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, dagger. Uh, a dagger. at the time, just got it. out. i don't know. With my fight style has changed a lot from the started. Obviously, come from kickboxing background, on boxing background before when I was younger, it was all about striking. On my first few fights, my tactics was just avoid getting tucked down and light people up on the feet where now I'm more of a like boxer wrestler now but just try to be more all-rounder but as for signature moves I love that flan knee so, <laughs> the flan knees are superman punches ah, they're, nice. like, they're, they're easy on the eye for the spectator as well like, that's it like, that's... yeah you, you get the like, whoa from the crowd whenever you throw them what's it's... the
1: worst injury you've got in the octagon so far or in a cage
2: yeah uh, in a fight, and a fight in a fight, aye. Training camp or
1: uh, Annie like right through then?
2: In a fight, probably. I just uh, needed a couple of stitches after one of the fights, so I did. I don't know what happened. I think I got caught maybe with an elbow by accident or something, but it was an amateur fight. But I ended up having to get stitches after. So that's like fight wise, that's probably it. Um, you your shins be pretty beat up after a fight because you don't feel any less when you're in there. But then the next day, you're like, fuck, I got kicked 50 times yesterday in the leg. <laughs> so I think like the, the actual time of the fight, you've got much adrenaline going through, you don't really, don't really feel actually, it. Actually, I'd say
0: the second Diaz-McGregor fight, so McGregor left on crutches and he still won't, like, he kicked him that much. I know. Fucking <laughs> hell.
2: And then and in the gym, like, training, what's the worst injury you've got? In camp ways, so I've been concussed a couple of times in, in the gym, actually, so I have, um, of Sprained my ankle a few times I'll pop my knee A couple of times Jeez. Anything to do with knees is like Ooh like no. thinking about it left. But I've been lucky enough Like I've Healed up And I've got no real I've got no real reoccurring injuries that have come back and plague me Like everything's been sorted And i Fit and healthy now well, that's, um, the, that's the main thing So I have to yeah, keep the, Maintain, keep yourself to top condition. Like I go see chiropractors all the time. I'm always at sports massages and stuff like. I just think you just have to like keep on top of things.
0: Recovery is near as important as
2: the actual yeah, training, like and Like people think like overtraining. That's you're not overtraining. You're under recovering. Mm-hmm.
1: When well, we'll look at it,
2: what yeah. what
1: would be the the best bit of advice you can give somebody coming into the MMA game?
2: Just uh, Don't hesitate. you dying Get stuck into a class and try your best, all you can do, show up on time, and pay attention, and just do, do what's asked of you, and if you like it, just stick at it, and sooner or later, like, you're going to, you're going to get your opportunity, so, but, like, people that, what I hate is people that join the, the classes, and fucking show up late, and talk when you're trying to fucking demonstrate something, and you just, what i mean like a, it's, it's
0: something you have to listen to because if you don't listen properly you don't do what you're told you, you can end up hurt like
2: yeah you hurt yourself or somebody else or somebody else will end up hurt yeah. yeah but i anybody that's like thinking about doing it just stop thinking about it and just just do it
1: go up the new era yeah or i'll sort this out
2: just give me a, a, a message and i'll try and see what class is best suitable for you
0: well any any of your upcoming fates don't worry the, boys on the podcast I'll fucking promote the fuck idea
2: yeah fake companions
1: can we and Adam like... can we each other? yeah <laughs> no, hey,
2: no Adam. nah you've choked
0: me out a couple of times. fuck that <laughs> I'm a big lad but like fucking size your head and your fucking arms you'll fucking kill me so I'm alright <laughs> yeah, but I, do, I will will obviously will always promote your face like anything, anything when it comes to local especially like we'll always do what we can to help while we have a platform to do it like yeah. Sure. And actually, maybe
2: as you are saying about like the fighting and all, and like they uh, would we'll do them um, the boxing shows and like the Fosters instead of Seagull and all, I would like to get involved and maybe run my own show at some stages in one of one of those venues. Maybe even just like start off with boxing and kickboxing and then eventually MMA. So hundred percent. We'll we we'll hop
1: out as much as we can uh, and, like, and like
0: how we can. weekend. We'll get so, a stream. We'll get
1: a
2: stream on
0: in the internet. Man, i all commentators.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. These guys <laughs> get right. the job. Commentators in the first show. Yes. Happy
0: days. You've- Heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we bring the room chaster on him.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: that's I said we're we're investing in a whole big fucking professional setup in the next few weeks, Darr, because this is our last podcast for about four weeks. We have a load
2: recorded. What's the cracking? He's going to keep doing them through Zoom. He's going to get like a wee studio set up, like all it, it, this, port- is the last, this is the last Zoom for a while. Like it's, it? a por- it's a portable
1: studio sort of thing. Like it's a piece it's of a equipment don't have to get, me, it's
2: it's to get me in again and just get it all set up.
1: But uh, say, we no, we can, can come. After, d- right. We can come to you in the gym.
2: Oh, that's even better, right?
0: This is an all-in-one portable studio, like class. So um, even even better, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll go down to, to the,
0: the fight. Well, was it.
2: Brad. I wish you all the best, with
1: yes, and wish you all the best too, and in, in, in the next fight you have, and obviously we'll we'll get it shared about if there's any links going, let us know, and we'll get them shared about.
0: Well, folks, that, as I said, this is our last. Well, obviously we've we'll enough you recorded here to come out the next few Sundays, but. This, you're officially listening to our last episode on Zoom for the foreseeable future, unless we've on from like gang or something, then we can't exactly fucking fly over to record a half an hour or an hour podcast, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this will be, you're our last Zoom guest, Laura. How do you main feel? Event. Main event. You're
2: the yeah, main
0: we'll, event. <laughs> we'll, make
1: them, we'll make them our last Zoom and our first um, roadcaster guest. There we go.
0: Once, once we Sounds get through that, that's good. We're going to record a few, yeah. Uh, Test episodes because like we don't know how to use the thing. Like we've seen it in action before, but we're, we're going to record a few when we get the
2: channel Sean's going on holidays, the cunt. So where's yeah. he? Where's he going? Canary from Sarda. Oh nice! I was meant to go to Canary Fair and got fucking fucked up because COVID. I've
1: just yes. been pushing my back and pushing mine back playing it.
2: Oh, Your shirt? you you're shirt that you're getting then? I.
0: I fucking
1: hope it doesn't get cancelled between now and Sarda. <laughs> I'll cry.
0: Well, folks. That was local MMS star Dar Toman on the podcast. Uh, Dar, thanks very much for coming on. We'll get a wee chat on, once lads. we stop the recording.
2: Thanks for having me on, lads.
0: No worries at all. Well, folks, thanks very much for listening. He's been Sean.
1: He's been Adam, and that's been I
0: want to speak to this all ASAP.